You're listening to the Marginally Geeky Show, the Epically Geeky Book Club. Welcome now to the Marginally Geeky Show. I'm your host for the evening, Eugene Stevens. Tonight, I'm joined by Chris, Ray, and Sean. How are y'all doing? Fine. I'm sober. <laughs> Oddly enough, I knew you were going to be sober for tonight, so I actually am having a, a beverage tonight. Oh, so. Oh. so, yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> And there's not a lot in it, I'll be honest with you. It's just enough to kind of make me feel like, all right, cool. Let's we'll just get a little loose. So anyway. That's um, how it starts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no joke. Um, <laughs> this is episode 74. We are reviewing Earthside by Dennis E. Taylor. This is the sequel to Outland, which uh, we have previously reviewed on this show. Uh, so if you have not read, number one, if you haven't read the first book, stop now. <laughs> Go read the first book and then either listen to this and then watch the, you know, anyway. Um <laughs> You haven't done this. I know, right? Like you're on the wrong, wrong episode. Like y'all need to get caught up. Um, but yeah, so this is the sequel to Earthside. Um, one of the things I realized when we were going through our, our new kind of format for this is uh I didn't have a place in there to kind of or have anyone somewhat describe what the actual story of the book is, and we kind of just jump in. So I've added that in there. So, real quick, here's a quick synopsis. Uh, this book does pick up after the first book. In the first book, there is a group of six college students that uh, basically figure out a way to create a portal that allows them to go to an alternate Earth. Uh, while they're exploring the alternate Earth, where human beings have never, never been, um, uh, uh, Yellowstone explodes and is starting to cause the earth to basically fall into a nuclear winter. So uh, they get everyone is, from the small town that they're in to go over to the other side. And it's them trying to figure out how can we start to survive? How are we going to be able to find more survivors? How are we going to keep going? The second book picks up pretty much right where the other one left off. Our small group has a decent sized population. Uh, four or five hundred people, I believe. Um, most of them are college age students. There are some people, some older people from uh, the local town. Um, they've also found the local uh, um, infantry is the wrong word I'm looking for. But anyway, the, the National Guard, they found the, the local National Guard. Uh, they have started setting up some basic uh, kind of a really basic government. Uh, but they're still pretty much in the same position. We're getting close to winter. Or we're, getting, we're fall is about to come on, and so they're having to plan for winter. They're trying to figure out how are we going to keep scavenging gasoline or diesel to keep going? How are we going to keep scavenging stuff from the other side? Um, you know, are we going to, have to start planting crops? Are we, you know, they're having to basically rebuild civilization. And in this book, um, they're running into all the stuff that you would imagine that they would run into. Um, the the main character pool has definitely grown from the the, the main six people. Um, some of the other people, uh, 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 the head of the, uh, uh, national guard is actually a major character now. And we get introduced to some new characters as they find new people, as they're, uh, expanding their, their net looking for, um, new supplies because they are running out of things like medical supplies and technical supplies so they can keep building these portals. Um, and so that is the, the, the basis of this book. It is a Dennis E. Taylor book, which his M.O. is basically, um, oh, geez, what is the term that I always use for the Bobbleverse books? It's um, resource management porn. Resource management porn. Thank you, Chris. Uh, that's kind of what this is. 
but there's definitely a lot more because we're dealing with trying to set up a government and we're dealing with instead of a lot of the same version of you, where is it in the Baba verse? Now you're dealing with lots of different people with lots of different opinions. Uh, but it comes down to how can we get resources to keep going, to keep building, to keep moving on. Uh, so that's the basis of this book. Um, let's go ahead and start off with our initial opinions. Uh, Chris, would you like to start? Sure. All right. What was your initial impression of uh, Earthside? I loved it. Okay. I love Dennis C. Taylor. He's one of my favorite writers ever. And he writes, I feel like he writes science fiction that is um, uh, kind of approachable to everybody. Grounded. Have, you know, like degrees in science. Although I do glaze over when it happens. But it's, I don't feel like it's a huge component of the story. It's more of a human story. So mm -hmm. I love it. Right. Uh, yeah, I thought it was a great continuation of the story. Um, it kept me interested in what was going on. Uh, and I'll discuss the narration later. Okay. Yes, we're going to have to talk about that. Sean? Um, yeah, it was It was like part two of the same book. He's so good at having a huge story broken up in the chunks, but it's all the same thing. This was a very logical progression. Um and it, even though there's the science is like, like groundbreaking in this, this story is not about the science. It, the science is just kind of a, a, just a mechanism to drive the human story. And there's a lot of stories going on in this book, a lot more so than the first one. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, I liked it. It was great. Um, my, my initial impression changed as I was reading this book. Um, I, I Once again, I do love Dennis E. Taylor. I do love the first book. I really love the first book. Um, but when I initially started reading this book, I was nervous. I was like, ooh, I don't know where he's going with some of these characters. Because I have really, uh, I don't want to say fallen in love with, but I, I, I have definitely grasped onto some of these characters. Some of the characters in this book are some of my favorite characters that he's created. Um to, Bill is is definitely one of them. Like if I see any if, if I see myself in any one of these characters, a lot of it I see myself in is Bill. Um, but yeah, it's it, and, and just kind of seeing where things were going. Sean is right. the The progression of this book does make sense. Uh, it's not like they're taking any you know wild turns or whatever. But it's just like, oh yeah, I didn't think about that. What if they ran into that? This is gonna be this is kind of scary. Um, but yes, as by the time the book about three quarters of the way through the book, I'm like, nope, I'm I. I feel it. I'm back in the groove. Let's keep going. Can't wait to finish this one up. So, um, yeah. So that was our initial impressions of the book. Uh, sorry, phone wants to keep shutting off here. All right. Um, any favorite parts of the book? Anything that kind of stood out that you were just like, yeah, I really like that scene. I know one right offhand. If you if when we can go, um, there is a scene. Uh, so, um, uh, Monica, aka Godzilla. Mm -hmm. uh, who is honestly kind of my book crush. Uh, and which is so funny because she is like, like she is a gun toting, just like she is a hard ass. And, but I, I love her character because she knows what's right and wrong and she doesn't give a shit. She's just like, no, this is, you're going to do what's for the right, you know, for the best of all these people. I'm going to protect my friends who are basically my new family. And if you get in the way, I will put you down. Not, and, and not, Figuratively, literally, I will put you down if that's the case. And so there's a scene where people are bringing up that, hey, there's certain people in the group that are not pulling their weight. 
and they're just kind of being lazy or whatever. And she's like, I have a plan. Does it, you know, she, go, and she goes to, to Collins, uh, the guy who's in charge of the uh, 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 national reserve. And he's just like, Oh God, I'm scared <laughs> because he knows her plans. And, and so she goes and they find this, she goes and stakes out this girl who is going to the doctor and comes out and is kind of very happy. There, you know, mentions that a little bit. And then she goes and finds this douchebag that's laying around and she's just like, Hey, uh, you need to get off your ass and start doing more work. You know, you're, you're eating more than you know, you're, you're outputting or whatever. And like kicks him off the chair and he gets up to try to like take a swing on her, but she, you know, steps back or whatever. And she's just like, are you going to pull your own weight? And he's like, you know, you can't tell me what to do, bitch. And she's like, all right, cool, fine. So the national four guys like show up out of nowhere, pick him up. And they're just like, all right, well, we're going to haul your ass out and we're going to throw you on the other side. And you can just, you can, you know, figure out how you're going to survive, you know, in basically a dying world. And then someone else mentions, well, you know, you're being a fascist. And she's like, wait, 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 hold on. Uh, so now you volunteered. So you're going to do your work in his work. Is that what it is? And the guy's like, no, I don't. That's not what I said. Okay, well, fine. Then you pick 10 other people and we're all going to figure out how all this works because that's how, because everyone has to pull their weight. This is not, this is not the other world. Like you have to pull your weight or you are going to die or you're going to cause other people to die. And when no one wants to step up, then she kind of turns around to the guy and she's just like, look, asshole, you can either pull your weight and make a better world for your child or you can eat the food that belongs to them. And that's what he's like, what? And then ropes back in. The young lady shows up. Sure enough, it's his girlfriend. She's pregnant. And she, you know, it's basically like, look, dude, you, you, it's, it, you, it's time to grow up, period. You have to grow up now. And it, it sets a precedent with everyone else. And they're kind of just like, yeah, hopefully it wasn't just some other people kind of got the message and kind of got off their butt and it's going to go back to what it was. But, you you did a damn good job like you you got the message across and uh and and no one you know questions it or anything else so that was one of my favorite scenes in the book was just how that was handled was instead of you know we're just gonna let him keep being you know whatever or we're just gonna get in this confrontation it's like no i'm gonna make an example of you so and what was really fun was afterwards the guy who who called her a fascist he was in on it as well and they're just like oh by the way Good job on you for, for sticking your neck out and making it look like I was going to throw you to the to the wolves as well. So, uh, Anyone else have a, a scene that kind of stuck out to them? Um, I liked all the alternate Earths they started to find. Oh, yeah. Really interesting. Um, Nazi, Nazi Earth. Because, I mean, it's an, there was a TV, and I can't remember what it was called, but they did a TV show where... It wasn't Sliders? No, it wasn't no. Sliders. <laughs> Sure that was Neanderthal. No, uh, the something tower or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. No, but, that's not, right. but Germany yeah. had won the war. Oh, uh, man in the high tower. That's yeah. it. Yeah. So what North America would look like if Germany actually won the war. So I find that fascinating and all the different earth. I don't understand anything Kevin said <laughs> about science. I just was like, oh, it's just super cool that they could act like Dennis knew in a way to write it so it sounded totally legit and i was like yeah sure i totally believe that so i liked that um and i liked uh, um i just i like richard i really like richard he's i like, do too he's one of my favorite characters um and i really i it's funny i really like the way he wrote jensen because it was just like that's kind of the level of creep i can tolerate like that's max capacity <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> but I like the way he wrote it because it, it, uh, yeah, that would happen. 
how would that not happen? You're in, even though you only have 500 people, there is going to be a person who is unhinged enough yeah. mm -hmm. to do that, especially when their meds start running out right? mm -hmm. and they have to start rationing things. So it, it starts doing shit to your head. But I, I do. I like the way he wrote Johnson. It was, yeah, just creepy enough. I agree. Uh, Ray, any particular scenes stick out to you? Uh, for, for me, it's the voting. I really appreciated mm -hmm. how they did the voting and, uh, and made sure everybody was like, no, 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 listen, if we're gonna if we're gonna punish somebody, everybody's vote it counts and, and we'll go with the majority rules. And so I, I thought it was good. And see, that's how um so I'm I, I don't if once again if you're if you're watching this episode and you haven't watched previous episodes, uh sorry, go back. <laughs> uh but yeah, I'm the head of the Austin Ghostbusters and I just kind of fell into the position. And so my that is my style is like we have a small group kind of as a, a, a deciding group and my vote's not more any important than anyone else's, you know, even though I kind of kept the group going, you know, several years when it was kind of just me and Lainey. Uh, but no, it's like, you know, I, no, I don't, I'm not smarter than everyone else. I've never pretended to be. And I've never said I am. Uh, so yeah, like everyone's vote should count. Uh, so I agree. And it's not just, it wasn't just the voting on how to punish the two individuals. It was also, all right, well, we obviously have to come up with a government. How yes. are we going to go about doing this? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But those were really good conversations, and I appreciate that they're going through that and being like, "Okay, listen, like we're not just keeping with the old system that we had because guess what? It got fucking corrupted pretty quickly. So we're gonna all agree on what we're gonna be doing here, and uh, and then when they bring the other group in to to deal with it more, it's like, oh, okay." <laughs> different points of view coming in now and yeah maybe their way isn't the way it should be so yeah the jerry's yeah <laughs> jerry <laughs> yeah we'd all technically be jerry's in that i was gonna say technically we're all jerry's um yeah. we're gonna have to get into that here in just a minute um I, okay anyway sean any particular scenes that kind of stuck out to you um the same one as yours actually when Mon how monica handled it and mm -hmm. it it was fun to listen to and watch and all that. But what made it so memorable is that talking to the guy that said fascist at the end that he was in on it. That was like the icing on the cake. Yes. Uh, it was so well planned out. So, yeah. Yeah, Even though I feel like this group of people, the, the six initial characters, um, are all very smart characters. But they keep running into fallacies that any human's going to run into people are going to get tired or bored or lazy from time to time. And it doesn't matter how, like, you know, in the first book, there's a part where it's just like, well, I'm just going to step away from a second. And of course the one second you step away is when a dire wolf jumps through <laughs> a portal to our world. You know, it's that type of thing. So, uh, you know, I feel like all the characters are smart and they've been smart about, it. and they even say, that's one of the things about bill that I like so much is he's like, you know, I've watched all these movies and I kept, you know, yelling at the TV, you're an idiot, you're an idiot. And now that I'm running through it, I'm like, maybe you weren't an idiot. Like maybe, yeah. you know, until you've been there, you don't really know. It's, you know, it's really easy to armchair quarterback this <laughs> when your life's not really on the line. So um, let's see here. Um, was there any least favorite part? I didn't really have one. I mean, it was definitely... Um, yeah, I don't think there was any least favorite part. I liked where it was exploring, and it it to me it seems like it literally is this 
undiscovered country that they are slowly chipping away at. And it's not just in one area. It's like we make a little further, you know, we got to figure out resources. Okay. Well, now we have to figure out how we're going to manage the group. And it's just, it's slowly expanding. It's this push and pull and, you know, um, um, you know, waxing and waning back and forth between what is the most important thing. And it's something they keep going back and forth in their, in their meetings is, you know, well, what is the most important thing we got to be focusing on? It's just like everything. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, I didn't really have a least favorite part. Oh no, I take that back. Uh, I do have a least favorite part. Um, so it's been a while since the f- first book has been recorded. Um, some of the character voices. Yeah, there it wasn't just me. Yeah, no, no, no. It was not just you. Uh, Kevin uh, is the most noticeable of them. Yeah. And that was, like it was they, honestly off-putting when I first listened to it. And it's not yeah. just because of the voice change. It's also because his character is growing. His character was initially very quiet, didn't really say anything. He wasn't very social. And it even says, like, Outland has done wonders for Kevin. He's started coming out of his shell. So it was a natural pro- progression for Kevin, but that... Plus the voice change was just, it's like, what's happening here? Like, what happened to Kevin? This is a new character. (laughs) Well, it's almost as if they swapped Kevin and Richard. A little bit. Like, the voices, I think the voices are swapped. If you listen to the first one and then to the second one, Mm -hmm. they've almost swapped those two character voices. And they just didn't catch it until, like, oh, crap, well, let's just keep going. I don't know if it was easier to listen to this last time that I just did it, but it was almost, it was all, I don't know if it's just, if it was me or I almost wonder if they've done a little bit of some re-recording because I, I do run into that from time to time in a book. Like, and unfortunately, sometimes it, sometimes it's not very good. There are parts, especially back in, in the Bobaverse books um, where you could clearly tell they went back in oh. and especially in a list. And he reads it a voice like this, and then it's like this, and then it's like this. And it's just like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> like that was clearly cut, paste, inserted, and no one bothered to listen to it. <laughs> so I, uh, spoiler alert, I am re-listening to Bobberish right now. And I do there's a couple of times where it was like, man, that just that transition just didn't go well. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, but yeah, it um, that was that was the one thing that just kind of was off. And then, like I said, this last time that I just recently listened to it, I don't know if it was I've gotten used to it or I knew what to expect, but it just it was it didn't bother me as much. But that first time it was really it really threw me for a loop. So especially because I had pre- I had just listened to the previous book to prepare yeah. for this one. And That's I'm just what like, I did, too. What? <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, well, if anyone, if no one else has any particular scenes that they didn't really care for, whatever, we can move on to the next question. Um, let's see here. Uh, stuck out. Um, thoughts on the writing? I mean, we've kind of already covered it, but anything in particular? It's always smart. Yeah, he's just, he's a yeah. really, really smart writer. Really Tennessee good. Taylor. I love everything he yeah, does. Everything <laughs> he does. I, he's one of those uh, kind of like loyalty reads. Whatever he puts out, I read. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. um, it's it's smart. It's everyday life, but it's at least a different look at it. So, yep. Um, I'm not going to ask. Would you want to read another book by the author? We already know the answer to that one. <laughs> um, did the book impact your mood? Um, I'm going to jump in here real quick first. So the first time I read this book, I was like, "Oh man, it's getting darker." Like, it's funny that I and it's funny because this is a 
post-apocalyptic story, essentially. You know, the the world that we live in is is winding down. Like even the, you know, and, and that was one of the things about the second book. There were lots of little interjections from different people from all over the planet giving their little two cents. Um, you know, people in uh, uh, Europe and South America, it was just like, you know, yeah, things are things are finally starting to kind of go to shit here. Like, you know, it, it apparently things went to shit really quickly in the U.S., which it would have. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's just like, you know, it is it is affecting everyone and it's it's going to cause the planet to eventually collapse, essentially. Um, but given that the first book was just fun, it was a fun read. And when I first started reading this, I was like, Man, it's getting kind of dark. And then, like I said, about 75 percent of the way through it. I don't know. It just kind of clicked again. And it became fun. Like it, it, there are some dire situations. There are some very serious situations. It also brings up some very deep intellectual things to think about, but it's fun. It was a fun read and the entire, and, and like I said, the second time I read it, you know, I've, I've gone through it once. I know what to expect. I go through it again. I had fun the entire time. Mm -hmm. So like I said, I just, I had that initial, initial read that was just like, Okay, I don't know what I'm going through. This is <laughs> maybe it was me, maybe it was something I was going through. But yeah, like the first time I was a little nervous where things were going, and then the second time I was just like, nope, this is this is what this is what I wanted. So it's everything, it's everything I wanted. So anyone else did it affect anyone else's mood as they were reading it? Um, I think because it was my second read through this time, I was excited because I knew it was gonna happen. I was just like, Oh, it's coming up, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, the first time I read it, I was just like in it, it was like exciting to see what was what he was going to have these characters do next and what he had planned out for the rest of the rest of the world he'd build so yeah i'm just yeah really excited a little a little trepidatious with the with jensen i was just like where are we going screaming because i just listened to yeah. scott meyer and i was just like <laughs> too much of a creep huh same is this going to be the same am i getting an authority <laughs> guy or like what's happening so yeah, I gotta give him credit because Jensen. That was a slow build. Yeah, I like that. That was just a snippet here, a snippet there, and then he really pulled it together. And I like I found, to name him for the, yeah. for the long time. When I uh, when I listened to it, I actually I found myself getting frustrated with the decisions that they were making because I really don't think I would have made the same decisions as the group would have. Mm -hmm. I'd, I'd probably be more of a dictator. Like you're screwing around. No, you're not getting a trial. I I might spare one bullet to end you or like, yeah, I'll kick you right through without a thought. And I wouldn't give you any supplies. You're done. I take my bill comment back and hello, Monica. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, anyway, I found myself getting frustrated with the difference of opinions that the book was expressing as opposed to what how I would have dealt with it. Mm -hmm. so and like because there were so many of those situations like different groups forming and stuff like that and and i gotta get dennis was very diplomatic on how he wrote this mm. and i'm i'm typically the diplomat but i don't think in this situation no there's no there isn't this is a survival situation this isn't a play nice situation so i i honestly don't think this is the way things would have gone like if I don't think there would be this voting stuff and all that. Not if first. I was there, I would say yes. But then again, okay. So the other thing is, and he doesn't bring this up, and I understand, dude. I, I completely understand where you're coming from. Um, 
I think, and it keeps resting on this, is the fact that because most of these kids are idealistic college students, that's yeah. probably why it's happening. If it were people, Jerry's, then yeah, <laughs> it probably would have been like, no, you clearly did what you did. Yeah. Like like you said, you can either walk through and deal with the dinosaurs, or I'm going to put a bullet in you. There, that's your choice. Yeah. Air B. <laughs> yeah. so. But no, yeah, I, get what, I, just, I get what you're saying. Anyway, but that left me with a kind of a, a bad taste in my mouth at some point. So like if I had to stop the book at around that spot, mm-hmm. I'd be like, oh, that's wrong. I should have dealt with them. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Most of the questions we've kind of already answered, you know, in our, our normal stable <laughs> stuff. So we may kind of run through some of this. I'm gonna again jump ahead because when it comes to lingering questions, that's that's where the conversation is gonna be. <laughs> um Let's see. Uh, what's going to talk? Well, we've already kind of talked about the narration. Um, love the narrator. Narrator's fantastic. Oh, yes. uh, it's just this this shift of of character is is kind of the the big thing. So um, it's not as bad as when we went from book one to book two of the authorities, though. That was a huge, oh. huge shift in in narration for some of the characters. Um, I like I, I found this one worse. I'm I'm like I said I'm okay with it now. The first time I read it though it was it was jarring. Like I, I love the narrator Ray Porter. Ray Porter, Ray Porter yes, you are a great narrator. I I love it. But why didn't you listen to what you did the first book? Bring <laughs> it over to the next book. That's all I'm asking because mm-hmm. it didn't even match, and yeah. it. Was, it was jarring and it was, it took me out of the book for a while. Yeah. It took me a little while to actually get into the, the book again and be like, okay, fine. This is Kevin, I guess. He somehow has a new voice and <laughs> no. all of a sudden he doesn't, yeah, like, <laughs> but like that for me was, was jarring enough that I was like, wow, like you didn't even go back and listen to yourself before, like mm-hmm. at all. <laughs> Yeah, I will say though, like, um, because I listened to the authorities too and Earthside back to back pretty much. Mm-hmm. Way Luke Daniels, he's very good at his voice and everything, he's a great narrator. The way he did the creepy guy, it just made my skin crawl. It was just, <laughs> yeah, I wanted to retch every single time I heard it, and, it, and that took me out of the book. But mm-hmm. when Ray did uh, Jensen's voice, it was like, he's creepy, but this is something that it's like, it's, it's serious. It's not comical. It's not whatever that was with whatever Luke chose to do. Mm-hmm. And it, was, it didn't take me out of the book. It made me think about what he was doing. And it brought a serious tone to it. And I was like, okay, that's how you do creep. That's how you do creep. Now, whatever Luke did, that was, that was a certain choice you made there. But Ray was much more, I feel like it was I think it's the writing too, though. I I do think it was the writing. I think if Ray had done that other voice, it would have been way better. (laughs) Right, but you're also imagining a guy licking ranch dressing off his fingers with crumpled up potato chips all over it. Yeah, but it was was like, how long? Because I I met men like that. Yes, you have. What's interesting is, is, and and, and I didn't catch this honestly until this last reread. is you kind of you start to see how 
So as we go through the character, his he he knows there's a problem. He knows he has a problem. He yeah. knows that he's supposed to be on medication and, and what it does and how it helps him. Um, because it starts off with just him like noticing where everyone is or whatever, and then he starts getting out, kind of into the planning or whatever. But like it even talks about, so he ends up killing three guys mm-hmm. that were basically bullying him, yep. and you know he saw it as being just unbearable. They were just un unbearably torturing him constantly. And later on in the book, when it's brought up that, you know, whenever he, he kidnaps the girls, they're like, he worked with three other guys at one point and they all disappeared. And we've kind of been trying to figure out where the hell, you know, what the hell happened to him a while back. They're like, yeah, they, they kind of mess with him, but not that bad. Like had like, um, what's his name? Um, he's one of the original group members. He even says like, it wasn't like they were just kind of goofing around or whatever. He's like, had it been really bad, I would have taken him out of the situation or I would have removed them or whatever. So it's like either his viewpoint of what was going on, he wasn't seeing how bad it really was or what the reality was as compared to what Jensen was feeling and thinking mm-hmm. was way different than, mm-hmm. yeah. than how it was. Cause even the, the little bit of reaction that we get from when he does actually kind of meet up with them and they're just kind of like, you know, joking around with him a little bit, um yeah they're they're definitely not the coolest guys they're definitely kind of jerks but it's just like like he didn't even like it didn't even cross his mind like that he could have said no i can't work with these guys put me on someone else and they would have been like okay sure no problem like it's not (laughs) you know it's not a factory or whatever it's you know you didn't sign up for this or whatever but Mm -hmm. um and then you know when he does start to break from reality like he does have a major break like he has these plans of this is what these girls this is what they want as well Yes. And then whenever he gets there, like, you know, that we have, you know, these full things are like, it's like, he's looking at me and having a full conversation and then just like start screaming at me. Cause he's had this whole conversation that didn't go the way he thought it was going to go in his head. And now I'm getting the, the output from it. So that's his psychosis, right? Cause yeah. he yeah. at people who are stalkers and what it, it, he was, he was stalking these yep. women and <clears throat> the, the narrative that he has in his head versus what's actually happening is like total psychosis, right? Actually, yeah, I know it's an uncomfortable watch for you, but uh, it reminds me of the Joker. No, uh, the, the movie, the Joker, <laughs> very, yeah, it was happening in his head, right? Yeah. Oh, it, yeah, it's that shit, what's reality part, and so that's what it reminded me of in this case. No, that's a good, yeah, because yeah, what, good what's portrayed in the the beginning of the movie to what we see at the end is like, oh yeah, he was in his own little world. He's he's way off the reservation. Yeah. So uh, a couple other things, just kind of going through the book. So um, a couple other things I, I remember. Uh, I also love they decide that they have to go to um, they've got to go to another town to see that's a little distance off to see if they can collect more parts to build more portals. Mm-hmm. And they come across this this uh, this outpost. It's basically they have walled it off with no gate or door or whatever. And they're like, well, we need to get through. And they're just like, if you can get through, you go right out ahead. He's like, well, how about, how about we bring you a couple of deer? There are no animals to be hunted at all. So they're just like, sure. Just bring out your magic wand and you just walk right on in with these magic deer and everything will be fine. He's like, sure. No problem. Give me 20 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) That scene was fantastic. I love uh, Collins. Uh, Is it major Collins? I don't remember what his title is, but anyway, I I love the character. He's fantastic. He works well with the group. Yes. Um, and then when they get the people, the older people from the other town to come in, uh, and they are starting to kind of plan the coup, he's just like, I report to, like, I don't report to anyone, but I work with these people. Mm-hmm. You do not have my backing. Yes, we're the same age, 
and we come from the same world and the same ideology of, you know, established governments and everything else, hmm. but I'm with them. There's, there will be, and, and if you do some shit, like we're not following you period. Yeah. Yeah. Which, so, uh, which I think definitely stopped the, their plan to do something. Instead, they got the younger guys who were part of the initial group to actually show their asses. Yeah. Um, and we get the, we get as, the, and it's funny. I love the fact that he kept referencing everyone. Like they referenced it four or five times. They're like, yeah, remember that scene in second Jurassic park with the T-Rex tearing ass through San Francisco. <laughs> That was awesome, but man, that would be horrible if it actually happened. And we actually, sure enough, happened, yeah. So, <laughs> so, um, I was gonna say the other scene too that I really liked was the scene of um, when they get the, the sniper rifle mm-hmm. and they just kind of appeared on the people. And they're like, oh my shit! Like, yeah, I love using the portals as part of the, um, as part of the like attack and stuff like that. So it was that was a good scene too. Yeah. Um, I I love the fact after they shoot the 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 big the big dinosaur with it, and Monica just has found out about this gun and she's over there like cooing over it, and Bill even makes the comment, "You couldn't touch me like that." Like that was, <laughs> that was hilarious. That was laugh out loud. Yeah, well, yeah. even says y'all yeah, all the soldiers laughed out loud too. They were <laughs> so. Um, but yeah, I just like I said, there were lots of scenes in this book. Um, so we get to the group is trying to figure out how we're going to go government wise. And the problem that they've run into is we have leftovers from the initial coup that happened in the first book. That's, that is a subgroup here as well. But the older people that they have come across uh, from this town, when they show up, when they, when Collins sends them back, uh, him and Matt, um, Oh, that's something else real quick. Let me sidetrack on this real quick. I feel like there was character growth for four of the six characters. Yeah. I don't feel like Matt and his girlfriend, Aaron, Aaron really had a lot to do. And I almost wonder if it's like, okay, well, they kind of take a backseat in this one. Maybe in a third book, there'll be more for them to do. Yeah. It's possible. Yeah. I like that you find out what happened to Aaron's parents, though, that they did get Yes. And that they did listen to her. Yeah. Yeah. I do. I really, I almost cried. I was like, oh, but it's her parents. Oh, they're alive. Yes. I'm so happy. Yeah, that was that was good. Um, that was a good one. But other than that, you're right. Like they they didn't have a lot to no, do with the didn't. story at all. No. Yeah, other than Matt being frustrated again with like, I get it. Everything's a priority. Okay. Like, yeah. Uh, I have to I have to ask because of the people that are on this panel with me. Uh, how did you feel about the scene with the Canadians that were just like, I'm fucking hungry. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna kill this goose. I don't care what happens. And then it's like <laughs> nothing happened. So <laughs> no, sorry, geese. If we had. <laughs> All of us would kill those. Oh, yeah. Fucking cobra chickens. Cobra chicken. If it was was a beaver, okay, I might have to. Like, it's a peaceful beaver. Okay, they're cute. Fucking fucking geese. geese. Yeah, they're they're all gone. (laughs) I would. Um. So anyway, we we get this older group that comes into town. And we're getting to the point where we've had a couple of things. We've had this bully that's beat the hell out of several people. And so they have their first trial. Um, What's when Kevin, one of the things where Kevin like steps up or whatever. Uh, But anyway, and then we have a trial. We figure it out. I do like going back to kind of what you said, Sean, I understand where um, both the cop and, and the military were just like, listen, we've got to do this the right way. Like, yeah. I'd, I'd like to shoot him just as much as you would, but if we're going to try to do, to set up a government, we got to do this the right way. We got to start out right. Um, 
And then we come across psychopath and we have to have our second, we have to have a second trial and all, all while we're doing this, we're now thrown into, okay, well, we need to start building a government to, we need a government right now. Mm -hmm. And so one of the ideas that's put forward by another character that I like Yoshi, I I like the character Yoshi, but he puts forth the idea and he even says, I knew it wasn't going to fly in the end, but uh, he puts forth the idea of a, I can't remember what that neotocracy and the idea is that instead of having a minimum age to hold government position, you can be a maximum of 40 to hold government position. Um, as someone speaking at as 45 years old, I can honestly say yes, but, (laughs) um, maybe 45 or maybe 40 is a little on the young side. And, and the reason I say that is because it's only within the last five years that, um, not that I've ever really entertained the idea of going into politics. Believe me, I'm not entertaining the idea of going into politics, but I could see where if there was a point in my life where I would think about it, it would have been within the last five years. Like I had to get to a point in my life where I'm just like, all right, you know, I've got a pretty good beat on my life and my family and everything else. And I see the shit that's going on. I don't, no one else is stepping up. Maybe, maybe this is something for me to step up on. Um, so I could see 40 is a bit young. Now, granted the situation they're in, there's not a lot of people who are too much higher above that. Um, and yet I also live in a country where an 80 year old man who is the head of, or the, yeah, the head of the, 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 the subgroup in the, uh, uh, uh the house literally went to give a, a speech earlier this week and literally just like froze up, like almost like he was having a mini stroke and it was, and it was apologized for, and then he came back out and, and continued his speech, but it's just like, you could tell something was not right. And it's just like, yeah, the, the two guys that were about to run for president, apparently in the United States of America next year, um, both of them will qualify to be the oldest president ever. Like <laughs> if we elect, the old guy, he'll still be the oldest president. If we elect the slightly younger guy, he will grow to become the oldest president. Like it's, it's yeah. ridiculous. It, we are in a gerontocracy. So I understand this. Um, yeah. Personally, I would put it at maybe closer to 60. Yeah. And even then I would be like, no, you, you need to have, you need to go through some medical training and make sure that you're all cognitively there and healthy and everything else. And if you are, then maybe you can keep serving, but. I think it's, it's more that, okay, so you know, we're all in our forties and we have a whole lot of hindsight with us. We've got wisdom just from years and things like that, that kids in their twenties, we were in our twenties don't have, but I think when you get older, what sometimes can happen, especially when our parents age, my, my parents are both in their early sixties is that you stop remembering or really empathizing what it was like to be that young. And you will never be that young at the time it is now. Mm-hmm. So you can't relate. So you stop relating. And it's all, all these young people, they don't know they're all this, which has been going on for millennia, by yes. the way. That's yes, nothing new. And what happens is, yes, yeah, you stop relating, you stop caring, and you start thinking that they just don't get it. And you stop listening to them. And it's like they have really, they have innovative ideas because they're this age now. And you never were. So you, how would you know? You, you don't know. This could be the best idea that, that there is. And you're just solely basing on the fact that they're 21 and you think they know nothing. Like we have neighbors here who are in their 80s 
And they're so cool because they, I mean, they ask him, they, you talk to our neighbor for <laughs> yes. like an hour about our electric car. Yeah. <laughs> and our neighbor across the street, you know, like he's seven, he's in his mid seventies yeah. and he's talking to us about art and just, you know, life like that. And it's those people who, you know, you, you can respect and you want to engage with and you take their, you're, it's, you're more likely to listen to somebody who's going to listen to you too. If they totally write you off because of your age, it's like, well, fuck you. I'm going to write you off because of your age. Yeah. It goes both. And I know people our age that have already hardened down to that point. It's like, nope, this is my mindset and this is where I'm going and it's not changing. It sucks. There's two things. One, one is that I fear somebody who's in their twenties who wants that position. I question what they want it for. Right. So if they're wanting to be the, the leader of the group, I'm a little concerned at that age as to what they want it for. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I've always considered that that way. The second part of that is I never, ever agree with one person being the leader. It takes a group. You need a diversity of thought. And, and that's true with anything. Like if you actually want a better outcome, you need to have a bit of a challenge to the way that you're thinking in order to come up with a better solution in the in the long run. Mm-hmm. So a diversity of thought is is needed. So you would need somebody who's from the older group, somebody from the younger group, and and you probably need a trio of people that are the head. And that's why the the first book works so well is because you had the five people working together. And so you should continue that in the, in whatever the new uh, regime is. And that's why I disagree with what our particular politicians are doing because one person making decisions i i understand it's not actually one person making decisions but technically we we, you know we have one representative um just it's not the way it should go yeah it's uh it's funny i actually was having this conversation uh over this past weekend with one of my fellow ghostbuster people was like you know it it, i've read lots of different books and stuff on it and it comes down to the question it's like well does becoming a politician or gaining this type of power make you not, we're not going to say evil. We're going to say not good. You're not a good person. Mm-hmm. Um, or is it that people who are not power hungry, let's say power hungry. Um, is it that this position makes you power hungry or is it that power hungry people just naturally go for that position? And yeah, honestly, I don't think there's a clear answer on it. It's there are definitely some people who are just clearly power hungry like my previous superintendent that was like, clearly you want to be a politician. That's how you handle stuff. You're smarmy as all shit. But then like, you know, I have met politicians that are like, they're like, yeah, I got into this because I got tired of getting screwed as the little guy and no one else seemed to be a good fit for this job. So I was just like, fuck it. I'm, I'm going to do this. And you know, it kind of, kind of like some of like Richard's position, uh, which is one of the reasons I like Richard so much as a character is he's just like, you know, Please vote me out. Please, please oh, vote me out. Those people doesn't matter the age. And I understand your 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 comment about being 20. It's like, why is it you really want this position? If it's because, well, there's no one else to do it, so I'm gonna step into it, but please vote me out. I'm okay with. But yeah, the people are just like, nope, this is this is what I was made for. It's like mm, I don't really that's a lot of your, external validation. I, I'm questioning your ambition at that Yeah. Point. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Um, so yes, and so they have a they have this vote. And the older people don't like how it goes. And we have this coup and, uh, you know, uh, Monica throws the beat down on some people and they basically say, all right, we found it. Oh, that was something else that was interesting. Talking about the other earths and stuff. 
um, with the portal technology. We had to step forward with the portal technology because now we can take a tube or something and put it between the worlds. And as long as it's there and it's staked down, it's fine. Like we can actually go through this. So we don't have to have all these, you know, these portals. We just have to find a way to do it. And I thought it was really interesting. Their idea of, of, um, well, how are we going to do this? So it's not dangerous. Like, how are we going to make sure T-Rex doesn't come and, and eat us while we're trying to do this? And I'm like, well, we'll put it underground. I was like, duh, I would have probably never thought of that, but duh. <laughs> I had a really hard time visualizing that one. Um, Isn't that all? I, didn't I, it. I understood what they're trying to do, but, the descriptions and all that, I I could not visualize. What I got they it. So it was, I understood the tube thing and all that. Yeah. But yeah, so essentially they're putting the tube down into the ground so nothing can get to it and opening it to the other world so they can just basically. Because the thing is, you know, remember, you can't cut through anything that's in the previous world, like even grass. Grass will keep you from doing whatever you need to do. Um, and so they were putting it down there so that they could use it basically as a stepping off to different worlds. And to the point where it was interesting because they were talking about, you know, trying to put, you know, go check out some other worlds. And they're like, well, we'll collect a little bit of air from this place and then we'll vent it in this other world. And then we can dump it in the third world so yeah. that it's decontaminated and stuff. And I'm just like, OK, y'all are thinking, you know, you've you've really thought this out. <laughs> so, Dennis, you good job on that. You've definitely thought this out. Yeah, I, I, um, I did like <laughs> That, yeah, vacuum earth is like oh, it's just not there. Yeah, exa- yeah. There's just there's, a- and it was kind of interesting. <laughs> some of the worlds, it was like, okay, well, this one is. Uh, we had the dinosaurs. We had the 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 Nazi thing. I was like, ooh, okay. And the I'm Nazi so world. glad when they were just like, did anyone want to do that? And it's like, yeah, there was like maybe five people, and the rest of, the- and it was just kind of curiosity. The rest were just like, no, we've all watched too much science fiction. I know how this goes. <laughs> I like so. the fight that wound up in its own universe. <laughs> oh yeah, that was that like, was something else. And I almost wonder if that's going to come back later on. Yeah. Like talk about a horrible way to go just to end oh, up in oh, yeah. a different universe or something. So, all right. So uh, did you have any lingering questions from the book that you're still thinking about? I'm going to let someone else go first because I've got quite a few. <laughs> Anything? Uh, Anyone? Do I have lingering questions? Do, do we, do we have someone that speaks German? No, yeah, in the group. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm interested how um, Krista, who's in charge of the medical side, or at least was she voted in? I can't remember, but she was before the vote. Um, how they're going to deal with all these births because before yeah. um, modern medicine, a third of all women died in childbirth, so without all of those modern things how is that going to go how is he going to write that into that because it's like was it like eight twelve women are already pregnant yeah uh-huh and yep. she keeps predicting more um yep. and higher, that will happen and a higher loss of and, and higher yeah. loss so how's that? and and once again college students and then um how bill and monica are going to wind up i don't think they're going to stay together i think they're going to break up and See, I want them to stay together. I think they're. I just think they're a little too. She's a little too I think, <laughs> I think she's just gonna get bored with them. Um, we'll see. Yeah, and and that they're that they might find another uh, colony of survivors when they go back to Omaha. I think they might mm-hmm. find people, but maybe. But that I want them to go back to Omaha. I'm also curious. So, 
every story you need to ramp it up just a little bit in the next one, right? That's so my always my concern, especially when they brought like Bumbers back and how are we going to add more tension now? So this one's this one's good because they've you know got the different worlds that they're going to. I'm curious if he'll ever introduce another set of travelers. As in, because I mean, they did say in the first book multiple times, we can't just bury this. We can't just walk away because in, you know, six well, to eight months, someone else will probably also figure it out. And and that's what I'm wondering is, do we come across at some point another group that has figured out in a different world? Yeah, that's what I was just and, world. and then come and they somehow meet. Mm-hmm. That would be interesting. Do you others. the other? Do you escalate it at that point, right? Like right. Mm-hmm. Yes, the others. <laughs> yes, the others. Oh, oh, by the way, did everyone enjoy the comment about? Uh, I wonder what's on this planet. Well, I'm sure it's humans, unless it's giant walking uh, meerkats. Yes, I, got, <laughs> I love that. So, <laughs> call back to the Bobbleverse yeah. books. Yep. Uh, yes, the medical stuff. Okay, so, uh, and once again, you know, because we are exploring all of these different ideas of how we would continue on with, with the civilization. Um, and I brought this up, I think, when we were reviewing the first book. Uh, what is the minimum population to keep human society going genetically? Mm-hmm. And I think they've got that number. Now, granted, some of the people are older and not necessarily can contribute to the population, but I'm just like, at one, at what point are they going to reach something where they're going? Well, we don't have the genetic diversity to keep going as a species unless we keep finding additional people. Where are we going to get to? And how dedicated are we to continuing the human species? Because if if just voting stuff is going to be difficult, um, how are we going to be like so? Every woman needs to have three kids from three different guys so that we can get genetic diversity set up. Like how? Like are we going to get to that point in the series? Are we going to get to a point where like that even is a consideration? That was something that was kicking around in, in the back of my brain. Um, of course, where the worlds are we going to go to now that we figured out that they can use different worlds as stepping stones to other worlds, you know, that kind of leaves it really far open. Um, the new government, I, I like the fact that they voted in. It's kind of like a one-to-one vote. It's not, um, you know, voting by, you know, group, you know, by a, a, a group or what. I also love the fact that they specifically said, if anyone tries to form a party, you're out, period. No, no question asked. Like, that has <laughs> fucked up most stuff up to this point. Yeah. Um, y'all have just the opposite problem we have. Y'all have too many parties. Too many. We have two parties that have basically rigged the system so we can't have a third. So it's, uh, yeah. Um, I love that idea. Um Collecting knowledge before it disappears. I thought about this in the first book and they keep talking about it, but it's something that really concerns me because they're, they're like, does anyone in the new town know anything about like hardcore woodworking or blacksmithing or anything like those would be really useful things. And if, if they can't start getting to libraries and trying to collect books that have this information, especially as you know, the world keeps deteriorating that's going to be very, very useful and almost essential knowledge that they're going to need to be able to rely on. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was one of the major concerns I had was, you know, hey, y'all need to I know y'all have, you know, bandages and medicine and food. I understand that's all top level stuff. Yeah. But right underneath that by a hair is maybe you should start collecting some different how to books like, you know, <laughs> The, yeah. the, the the handyman's book around the house would be yeah. a great start. <laughs> so, yeah. 
Um, <laughs> let's see here. Collecting knowledge. Um, keep humans going. Uh, genetic diversity. So I talked about all that stuff. I, I love the fact that they talked about the different... Uh, there were lots of different people, and I could definitely see this. It's like you know we're, you know we're on the brink of humanity falling apart on the other world. We're trying to literally bootstrap a new world, and you've got people who are debating whether or not we should go with, you know, a socialist government versus a communist government. And it's just like, shouldn't there be some trees y'all should be chopping down or whatever? <laughs> like, uh, and I and I, I love the fact that a lot of people were just like, well. Uh, they even said like the, the green initiative was they're like, they sent us a book that was like this thick. And there's like, if we went by everything on here, we'd be living in caves and we wouldn't be able to chop down another tree or whatever. And it's just like, yes, I understand you want to set a precedent, but at some point there's probably a lot of trees, a lot of trees. <laughs> we could probably cut some down and be okay. So, yeah. uh, but I can definitely say there being extremist in, in any one of those situations. So, oh, yeah. But um, anyone else have any other thoughts or ideas that they that were kind of sparked by the book? They, What would you like to see? Let me throw this one out there. What would you like to see in a sequel? Because please, God, let there be a sequel. Um, is there anything in particular you'd like to see in a sequel? Richard and Susie's baby. <laughs> oh, okay. So do you want a little bit of a jump ahead or? Um, I think, yeah, I think a jump ahead is needed. Like at least six months a year. Okay. See how they've done, how they've made it through the winter, um, how they come out through the spring, and what's happening. I think if we go right back again, like right after the second book ended, it's mm -hmm. I don't know, really. I agree. No, I think I think a jump ahead. Even if they jumped into winter, that would be an interesting situation yeah, to see how they're dealing with that. Ahead a little bit, yeah. So. I'd be curious if there was a way for them to. Um, get around the earth a little bit more, right? To, to go into Europe somehow and get some survivors from there and um, traveling within the, the previous earth. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, I'd be curious as to how they'd be able to, to maybe help out humanity a little bit more. I but I know that's the thing is how do we, how do you do it when they're such a fucked up world? Yeah. So, John, anything in particular you'd like to see in the next book? Um, it's kind of tricky. Like the way this book is, the books are set up, it it's totally open ended. Like, okay. unless everyone gets wiped out, or they do discover that other world that is technologically superior to them and will accept them, there's no end. Like that, he could just continue writing this one forever. Yeah. Um, so uh, having like to end these books you'll have to have something huge so that's what i'm kind of curious because dennis for the most part doesn't know how to end a series <laughs> so I'm, I'm wondering if he's gonna try doing it with this one or just continue writing on and on and on which does not bother me in the least I, i'm happy mm -hmm. to continue listening. The only thing is it's taking away time from the Bible verse and I don't like that. <laughs> um, I'll be honest, no, you threw something out just now. I hadn't thought about what if they found a technologically advanced universe or, well, or alternate year. The other thing he's got to kind of be careful of is 
ripping off sliders by accident. Mm -hmm. It is so easy to like, oh, here's the Cro-Magnum guys. Cause that was a, that was a big human part. Uh, mm -hmm. Like where we wiped out other species to take over. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, oh, we didn't succeed. There's your, your new big baddies. They're just yeah. that kind of thing. Um, and saying, yeah, that'd be cool, but it's been done. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's like Nazi world. Yeah. It, it actually, it's been done a lot. Yeah. Um, that kind of thing. So I, I'm hoping for, new stuff that like being a big sci-fi buff I've, I've seen a lot of this stuff with alternate worlds and stuff I've read a lot of it i've just seen mm -hmm. on tv a lot and i'm hoping that i don't see a lot of repeats that's my big thing fair enough i agree with that yeah so I, if they want to touch on it like i said the the fact that they they saw a nazi world they acknowledged that it exists but it was like yeah. we're not going there yeah they moved I'm on cool that <laughs> yeah, let's let's move on. So, but yeah, the idea yeah. of a, a more technologically advanced world that would be interesting. So, yeah. so the, the way you introduce a technical technologically advanced world is you open up the portal and it's nice world and you walk out and hi, uh, I'm Bob. We got your signal. <laughs> that would be an interesting way to tie things together. <laughs> And if he, even if we didn't go that far, even if he wanted to go with, you know, he's because he is touching on a lot of stuff that is happening right now in the political world. I think this is this is his way to kind of throw out his thought process on some of this stuff. Um, you know, AI is a huge conversation right now. If he wanted to throw something out where maybe they found a world where humanity was eradicated by an AI or something like it'd be like, all right, well, cool. See you later. <laughs> There's a beer can sitting there. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious. Um, was anyone, anything else anyone want to throw out there for this book? Once again, I think we all agree. We all loved it. We we're, we can't wait to see another one in the series. Um, yeah, keep going, Dennis. <laughs> so, um, we have to hit him on again. <laughs> yeah, we probably should see if we could reach out to have him back and, and stuff. Because if nothing else, it would be interesting to see how his writing style has changed since the pandemic. Yeah. And see how you know if, if you know what all that an effect that had on him. If well, another story ideas from the pandemic too, right? Like what? Yeah. What inspiration is there there? And yeah. So, um, yeah, we may might need to look into that. So, um, all right. Well, that is our our uh, show for the month, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let's move on into what else we've been reading. Would anyone like to go first? Sure. All right. All right. What else you've been reading, Ray? Yeah. All right. Uh, so I listened to uh, a story called A Dirty Job. Um, it's about a guy who finds out that he's deaf. Oh, this book. And uh, he has to start collecting souls. Um, and it, it was such an interesting concept. They, they basically call themselves death merchants and they have to move. The, they sell the soul to the next person that uh, the soul would uh, learn the next lesson from. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a really interesting and intriguing. And if the guy could get his mind out of the gutter and not talk about sex for about five minutes uh, and maybe not talk about beta males being so fucking masterful at everything, <laughs> maybe I could actually listen to this book, but 
fuck me. I I got through it and uh, I'm I'm done. I I'm done with the series. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I returned the book because I got through it, and I'm like, uh, the way that they ended, I'm like, okay, right, you're you're not done with this, and so fine, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> it's not for me. So if you love crude humor and the and like, and I mean like it's everywhere, talk, like overboard in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it maybe you'll enjoy it more than I did. So it, I mean, a really interesting concept. It is a trilogy. Uh, the other one that I listened to that I believe will be my next pick um, is Howl's Moving Castle, mm-hmm. and uh, it was it was an interesting read, and I don't want to give too much away because I I do believe I'm going to pick it. Uh, make it a pick. So, and I read past chapters. What was it? Seven or eight? Yeah. Whatever we make it to. Yeah. Yeah, it was around there. So, yeah. um, it it's about a, an older sister uh, who comes across a witch. Uh, the witch turns her into an old lady, and so for refuge, she chases down a castle that's constantly moving to to try and just survive. Um, long is this story. a Miyazaki? Is this? It's a Studio yeah. Ghibli movie, but this okay, written yeah. 1986. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And yeah. there are some things that happen in this book that I would be very intrigued what this panel would think of. <laughs> okay. Cool. Uh, Chris, you've been reading anything else? Uh, yeah, so I finished uh, Goblet of Fire, and I'm reading um, Prisoner of Azkaban. I don't know, that's backwards. Uh, Order of the <laughs> Phoenix. Um, I finished uh, the fifth book in the Chronicle of Narnia series called The Horse and the Boy, and His Boy. Oh, no, no. It was, oh, so racist. <laughs> so racist. <laughs> like, I was, I'm like, I knew, and I knew about the Jesus stuff. This book in particular was like, Oh my God, okay, I get it. It's Jesus. Mm-hmm. Super great. And it was really racist. And I know uh, C.S. Lewis and J.L. Tolkien were friends and were kind of writing at the same time. And I'm just like, did C.S. just like look over Tolkien's shoulder and was like, oh my God, I'm going to add that too. <laughs> oh, oh, that's good too. Because it was a lot of crossover. I'm just like, oh, C.S., this is, this is really, this did not age well. It was terrible. It was the worst one <laughs> of the series for me. It was awful. And I know Greta Gerwig is now, she's um, kind of built to be the director of the reboot of the Chronicles Narnia series. So I'd be interested to see what she does with that. Mm-hmm. And then I'm reading um, a book called um, uh, House of Sky and Breath, which is the second book of the Crescent City series by Sarah J. Mass. This is, uh, it's, it's an urban fantasy romance novel. Or is it, I don't know what it, anyway, this, it's, there's not enough romance. Um, <laughs> so much world building, but the, to the point where there are characters and I'm having a really hard time keeping track. There was a lot of info dumping in the first book, which was 800 pages. This one's 800 pages. I'm like, why? First of all, I think there's a lot going on, but it's almost too much to absorb because things keep happening. And like, there was one part where there was like a name drop and I missed it because I forgot what had happened. In the beginning of the book, I'm like, "Geez, yeah, that's not good." Oh, it was such a letdown. I'm like, because it was like agent, blah blah blah. And I'm like, oh, "Wait, I heard Why that. Is that Why is deal? that?" And I had to go back, and I'm like, "Oh, that kind of sucks that I didn't remember it because it was too much information." And I'm not even at page 600 yet. There's still more to it. Wow. Okay. The story. I don't. I don't know what's going. Why? And then she just announced that she's writing a third one of this and I'm like, why? Where 
why there's so much there's so much and all the twists and turns and some of them i know and some of them i'm just like that does okay i don't know she's it's it's a lot i'm exhausted but i need to know the end fair enough yeah anyway that's it and i'm reading howl's movie castle which I love. The narrator's amazing. She's really, really She's good. one of my favorite female narrators. She's That's very sure. good. It's a performance. It's really good. Um, Sean, you been reading anything else? Um, I just finished uh, Peter Klein's 14. Um, it was good. It's, it was a typical Peter Klein book. It's 14 is the room number in a building. This guy gets accepted into a building in California, whatever, for like insanely low rent. And it's a weird building and all the rooms are all weird. And anyway, it it's a whole big thing with doomsday, end of the world kind of stuff. So it was it was interesting. It was a fairly decent read. Um and now I'm reading uh Mickey Seven by uh, Edward Ashton. Um it kept popping up in my recommendeds, uh, but I'd never did anything and then I was in Cole's the other or chapters and it was in the science fiction section. I'm like, man, I'm seeing this book everywhere. So like I picked it up and it's like soon to be a major motion picture. I'm like, fuck. I gotta read it before a movie because right. I, I can't do it the other way around. So yeah, um Robert Pattinson is the main character for Mickey Seven coming up. And it's basically way in the future. Um uh, a colony ship goes out and it's filled with like the cream of the crop except for one expendable and that guy basically they give them all the shit jobs the suicide missions and all that and mm -hmm. when they die they just get reproduced with right. the latest mind scan so like oh we gotta do a medical experiment you're up kind of thing so it's usually like convicts and stuff like that this guy uh -huh owed some money to a loan shark and really had to get off the planet real bad. <laughs> so he signs up for it and like going through all the list of the stuff that they're probably going to make you do. And he's like, yeah, they're, they're not going to really make me do that stuff. You just have to say that. And sure enough, it's like a lot of radiation death and stuff like that. Anyway, there are, it's so far, I'm about halfway through it. It's, it's really good. Um, I think casting for the movie was wrong. Rob Pattison is the wrong person for the main character, but mm -hmm. it, it's a really, it's a neat concept and I'm really enjoying the book. So okay. I'll let you know how it ends. All right. <laughs> if it's going to be a recommended or not. Um, I may have found my next recommended. Uh, so I read two books. Well, I'm, I've almost read two books. Uh, I did read the next book in the Witcher series. Um, can't remember which this one is called. It's uh, also a complete narrative story. It's not skipping around. It's um, Blood of Elves. Uh, so I read that one. Uh, I think I'm going to continue going. I'm I'm pretty sure I'm going to keep going with it. I'm enjoying it. Um, I like the character. I like the characters, except for Yennefer. I still cannot stand her. But uh, not a lot of her in this one, which I was actually kind of glad for. Uh, but yeah, you can tell there's stuff happening in the world and, and stuff is starting to move, kind of move forward to like kind of the big event that I think this newest season of the TV show is getting to, um, which I still haven't watched the first part. I think the second part dropped today. So yesterday, yesterday. Okay. So I may have to, I, I need to get caught up on that. Of course, I was, 
wrong show, but there's some TV shows I need to watch. All right. The <laughs> other book that I'm almost done reading showed up uh, in the in the Bobaverse uh, fan uh, uh, Facebook page, uh, uh, Facebook group. Someone said, hey, I read this. If you like the Bobaverse books, you might like it. And it kind of gave a little bit of an explanation. I thought, what the hell? We'll give it a shot. You know, I, I can always return if I don't like it. And it's called uh, Kitty Cat Kill Sat by Argus. The name is just Argus. I'm just like, okay. Um, it takes place way in the future. There's a house cat. She has been transformed by, we're still not, you're still not exactly sure. At first, it sounded like it was by some medical procedures. And now it sounds like there may be some other stuff going on. But she's been transformed. She's basically immortal. And she has become sentient and she has essentially been trying, been running this space station for a couple hundred years to the point that like humanity is like, there's aliens and stuff on the planet, some weird aliens and stuff. And every so often they pull out, put out calls for help. And it's like the most badass space station that's still around. And so like she shoots lasers down and like stops people from getting killed and stuff. But then she's all, she's always like, well, I'm constantly running. I'm constantly having to do stuff. You know what sucks is only being about a foot tall and everything in this thing was built for <laughs> five foot foot tall people. You know what else sucks is I don't have thumbs. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she ends up waking up a couple of different sentient AIs and they become her friends. Uh, obviously, this is not hardcore sci-fi, but it is interesting. It is interesting because she also doesn't have the greatest memory because she's she is a cat. She understands that, but she's also taught herself over several hundred years. Um, but yeah, there's also there's some, some things that they haven't gone on yet. Like the, she keeps saying, yeah, the, the, the station is haunted. And you're like, well, what do you mean haunted? Like, is it actual ghost? Because I wouldn't put it out of the realm of possibility in this. I kind of think it's just more like a ghost in the machine. And I've got some theories as to how that's happened. But like one of the AI, AIs is scared of it. It's like there's something in here with me and I I'm not going to that part of the programming. I'm leaving that alone. It's just like, oh, OK. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just it's it's interesting because for the most part, she stays in character the entire time. Like she will start talking. You're just like, OK, it's a normal character. Nope. Then I had to jump and do this because I'm a cat and damn it. I got my tail caught and it's just like, <laughs> I can't help but think about one of my cats doing this. And I can't, I keep smiling and laughing at it because I'm trying to picture one of my cats running around this huge freaking space station. That's now sentient. That's trying to keep things going and just, um, yeah, like forever. She wasn't able to, she wasn't able to talk. She didn't have a translation program. One of the AIs helped her out with that. So anytime someone would call up, she had a bell she would ring because she's like, if I meow, they don't, they, they think they, they don't understand what's going on. <laughs> so she just rings, they're like, you know, we need help, whatever. Ding. It's like, okay, I guess we're going to get the help we need. And then giant laser from the sky, like shoots <laughs> down and kills whatever it is that's attacking this little post-apocalyptic town they have uh but it, it's an interesting book uh, i i see where the humor is coming from because like i said it is a post-apocalyptic in any other setting it would be like man this is kind of dark and everything else but it's just very light-hearted because like i said it's a cat so you know whatever <laughs> um yeah i'm i'm so far i'm enjoying it it's i think i'm going to have to give it another listen to decide how much i actually like it whether or not i would like recommend it for the show um but yeah, it might be it might be an interesting read just to be like, what? So because I mean we all have cats, so you know it might that might be kind of fun too. So anyway, uh, that's that's what I've been reading. So, um, well that's our show for the month, ladies and gentlemen. If you would please give us a follow on our you know 
wherever it is you can find us on uh, Google Stitch. Actually, uh, Stitcher, I don't know if I've announced it on this show yet. So Stitcher is going away. Actually, by the time you listen to this, it may have already been, it may have already gone away. Um, so if you're no longer listening to this on Stitcher, if you are, you need to find something else to listen to uh, on. Uh, unless someone reaches out, I am not going to put it on the new service that's kind of replacing it because it was a nightmare to get it on Stitcher in the first place. Uh, but pretty much any any podcast, you know, uh, 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 catcher that you you use, you can you can find the show. So uh, you can find us at Epically Geeky where you can find the other shows we do, including the. Uh, Creatively geeky, epically geeky, and sustainably geeky shows. You can find us. I'm getting a little better on posting a few things here and there on social media uh, to include uh, Facebook and Instagram and now X. Stupid. <laughs> anyway, um, it, it's such a nightmare. Anyway, uh, <laughs> talk about circling the drain. Uh, where can we find you online, Ray? Well, before you do that, do we want to announce what the next book is just to make sure... That's a smart man right there, because I even have it in the notes, and I completely skipped it. Uh, so, yeah, our next two books, actually, for our book for August is number one in customer service, The Complete Adventures of Tom Stranger. That is your pick, right, Sean? Yep. And then September's book is How to Do Nothing by Jenny O'Dell, and that is uh, Jennifer's book. So, let's see she, what we're in for. There. She, By the way. By the way, if you have not listened to the newest episode of Sustainably Geeky, I want to say it is the newest episode of Sustainably Geeky. She has a very smart gentleman on, and she's talking to him, and she asks him if there's anything he has to recommend or whatever, and he recommended um, The Overstory. And Uh. as I'm listening to it, (laughs) I just started laughing. I'm like, is she going to say anything? Is she going to say anything? And sure enough, she she goes, yeah, we listened to that on one of my other shows, and... The majority of the rest of my of my group didn't didn't enjoy it. I, I think as much as you did. She was very you know she was very nice about it, not telling the guy. Uh, but yeah, apparently apparently uh, it is actually really big in that community. Like everyone in that community is just like falling over it. So just wrong book for the wrong for the wrong people. So I just thought it was funny that because I, I was like, are you gonna say anything? Are you gonna say anything? Yes, yeah, she did. So I was like, good on you, Jen. So all right, Ray, where can we find you online? Uh, the Reluctant Yeti on Instagram. Uh, I don't go on X, but I am on Threads, so you can find me there. There you go. I guess I got to start adding that to the list. So, Chris, what's X? Twitter. Twitter. That's Twitter. What? They are yeah, reading. We'll, it. we'll talk about it after the show. Wow. Okay. Anyway, not there, but you can <laughs> Instagram at Moody Midlife, and I'm also on Threads, but I don't understand it. So. There's, we'll talk about it after the show. Sean, screwing with Wikipedia, usually, and your favorite broken toy on Instagram. And as always, you can follow my individual wacky adventure online at Optimus Chain on Facebook, Instagram, X, Threads. God, it's so weird saying this stuff. Anyway, for everyone on the site, have a good night. has been a presentation of the Epically Geeky Network. 